Hey, I'm glad that you're here today. We're continuing on in a series that we started two weeks ago about the Grinch. And we remember in the Grinch, the movie about the Grinch, uh, his heart was two sizes too small. And that's what made him grouchy and grinchy and made him hate the Who's in Whoville. Uh, but in his interaction with them, his heart grew two sizes. Actually, four sizes. It grew two sizes too big. And so one of the things we want to do in this series is talk about how do we enlarge our hearts? How do we take part in, in, in partnering with God to help our hearts grow? We talked the first week about developing a pure heart. And if you want to go back and hear those sermons, uh, they're on our website at fogkc.com or I think on our app you can connect there. And then Pastor Derek last week did a fantastic job talking about developing a passionate heart. Today we're going to be talking about developing a patient heart. Now listen, there are a lot of things that make us impatient, aren't there? I mean, there's a lot of things, especially this time of year. I don't know about you, but I hate shopping lines. In fact, I hate shopping altogether, even for myself. I don't like it. I want to walk in. I want to get what I need. I want to walk out. Uh, I don't like it. But listen, uh, some people just drive me nuts when they've been standing in line for 30 minutes, and they get up there to the end of the line, and they don't know how they're going to pay. What have you been doing for 30 minutes? I mean, they can't find their wallet, they can't find their purse, they can't find their credit card in their purse, that drives me nuts. Drivers getting on the highway. Now listen, folks, that is called an acceleration lane for a reason. You're supposed to accelerate onto the highway, not go 30 miles an hour and then try to merge into 80 mile an hour traffic. That makes it the killing lane, all right? Uh, and by the way, more and more people, almost, it's just amazing, more and more people are on their phones at every red light. And it takes somebody giving them a little honk to get moving when the light turns green. Now listen, when that light turns green, I want you to go. Okay, that's what that means. And then the Lord knew I was going to be preaching on this today. So as always, like I do every morning, I went to McDonald's for breakfast. And I go through the drive-thru. And I, listen, the McDonald's by my house is wonderful. It is the best McDonald's on the planet very efficient. My order's always right. It's always hot. It's just, it's really fantastic. It is like in the upper echelon of McDonald's. And this morning, it took 13 minutes from the time I gave them my order till the time I got to the window with only three cars in front of me. That just about drove me nuts. And then I remembered what I was preaching on today. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Is anybody else in the room ever have a problem with patience? Anybody? Let me see your hand. If you ever, if you ever struggle with patience at all, Okay, so that's most of us. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. Well, listen, I want you to uh, see today that there's some ways that God wants to help us to develop a patient heart, including me, even at the drive-thru. Our key verses for this uh, whole series is Proverbs 4.23. In the ESV, it says this, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And in the NIV, it says this, Above all else, Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Think about that for a minute. Everything we do comes right out of what our heart is. Why do we want to focus on our hearts and not just our, our acts? Why do we want to focus on what's inside? Because listen, what's inside drives everything else we do. It drives everything else that we do. We don't have the opportunity to always think and always be very intentional about our behavior and about our actions and reactions. And so what's in our hearts is going to come out. It's just going to happen. And so it's important. By the way, the heart here does not mean the physical uh, muscle that pumps blood in our hearts, in our bodies. 
It's the heart of who we are. It's our personality. It's the essence of our personhood. Now, what does a good guard do? Well, they let in who should be let in, and they keep out who should be kept out, right? That's what a good guard does. Well, today I want us to think about guarding our hearts in the sense of keeping impatience out of our hearts and letting patience in. Letting patience grow in us and trying really hard to keep impatience out. Don't be a Grinch. Okay, this time or all year long, don't be a Grinch. Don't get impatient about every single thing that happens. Keep impatience out of your heart. I want us to see some simple strategies today that will help us to not be a Grinch all year long. I first want us to look at this passage in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Here's what it says. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These character virtues, folks, will come in and grow in your life if you are being controlled by the Holy Spirit, if you have made the decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, these things will flow out of your life. Now, patience is one of these top nine characteristics. If you claim to be or want to be a follower of Jesus, it is important that we develop our patience with God's help. Yes, he's going to develop it in us, but there are some things that we can actively do to partner with him to become more patient. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I have gone through the exercise at one point of listing these nine things and putting them in order. The thing that I do the best down to the thing that I do the worst. And you know what? Patience is always toward the end of the list. It's always something that I struggle with. I want you to see some quotes about patience because this isn't just a problem uh, for us. This is a problem for everybody everywhere in the world. St. Augustine said this about patience. He said, patience is the companion of wisdom. Wow. Ben Franklin said, he that can have patience can have what he will. And this is another great quote. Patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. Seldom found in woman and never found in man. And of course, that's a quote by Anonymous because I obviously wanted to stay anonymous by saying that, right? I'm sure it was some woman somewhere, okay? But a biblical definition, a biblical definition of patience is this, trusting God and his timing in every situation. Now, that's a challenge in and of itself. It's an interesting thing about a patience. It's kind of like a muscle that is developed by resistance, now, I don't know uh, if you've tried some of the new fangled ways to grow muscles and to build muscles, but I like to sit on my couch and I like to think muscle. And so I'll just sit there and as I'm watching television, I'll just, I'll just think muscle and, and it'll just grow. Yeah, it doesn't work like that, does it? Muscles only grow by resistance, Right? You have to be pulling something or pushing something or lifting something. There has to be some kind of resistance in order to grow any kind of muscle. You know what? Patience is very similar to that. It's very similar. It's a muscle in a sense that has to be developed. And guess how it gets developed? By resistance. By resistance. Listen, if you pray for patience, you just better be ready. 
That's a, that's a very dangerous thing to pray for because God will help you experience it. Now listen, many of us have experienced adversity and we've had to wait for God and his timing to resolve our situation. Sometimes we try really hard to trust God, but we just don't like his timing. I mean, many times I may not think this outwardly or, or intentionally or even consciously, but kind of subconsciously I think, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, but will you please just get on with it? I want to share with you today four surprising ways that we can get the chance to develop and increase our patient hearts. It's not that God necessarily causes our challenges, but he uses them to develop our patience, much like developing a muscle. The first one is this. Our patience grows when our faith is tested. Our patience grows when our faith is tested. Look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various kinds of trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfectly complete, lacking in nothing. You see, difficult circumstances force our faith out into the open. Do you ever get impatient with your own spiritual growth? Do you ever just get frustrated that you can't seem to take the next step and, and complete it? We make decisions and then we fall back. You know, the first of the year's coming, most of us will make some kind of New Year's resolution and we'll say, this year I'm really going to get serious. I'm going I'm to spend some, some time reading God's word every single day and for three days we'll hit it out of the park and then on day four we'll go, eh, I just forgot about it. And then at five days, you know, you already blew 100%, so... And then you see that we don't do much. And so it's, it's this kind of give and take. It's kind of two, three steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward, two steps back. That goes on quite a bit in our spiritual lives. Listen, decide to get serious about your relationship with God. But even when you do that, you'll fall back into some old habits. It's just the way growing works. Look at Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. See, God is using our ad adversity to develop us. He's, he's exercising us. It doesn't say to rejoice that we are suffering, but rejoice while we are suffering, in our suffering, because we know the results will eventually be good. Do you ever get impatient with yourself? because you're not growing fast enough? You ever just say, man, I, I want to grow faster. I want to I get further down the road quicker. I just, but listen, folks, growing just takes time. And God is trying to grow us, but it takes time for us to do that. You know, it takes time to, to make a baby. You know, from the time a, a, a child is conceived to the time they are, are, are birthed is usually nine months, as we all know. I thought, man, that just seems like a long time. But you know, if you were a reindeer, you'd take 13 months from the time of conception to birth. Pigs, I was corrected in the last service, I said pigs take four months. A man in our church who's actually a pig vet, and I didn't even know there was such a thing, he said, no, that's not right, it's not four months, it's three months, three weeks, and three days. And he said, and actually some say three hours, three minutes, but I don't want to say that anybody actually measures that. That's kind of weird. Okay. Dogs and cats take two months, kangaroos take 40 days, and rats only take 21 days. So if you're looking for a new business in the new year, a rat farm would be great. 
you could, you know, just reproduce those rats every 21 days. But folks, God, listen, God is not developing, developing us into rats. Growing takes time. To be a fully developed follower of Jesus in every area takes a lot of time. You know, you get a chicken by waiting for an egg to hatch, not by smashing it. You can get to the center of an egg pretty quick. But if you're wanting to, to come and be a chick, that's not going to happen if you smash it. You've got to wait. you just got to wait. Folks, when our faith is being tested, realize something. God is doing his thing in his time. In his time. And we don't like that very much. But here's the strategy I want you to put into place so that you can allow your patience to grow when your faith is being tested, and it's this. Embrace God's plan. Listen, trust God's plan. Trust God's timing. Don't be impatient with him. He's working in you and around you to develop you. Don't fight it. Embrace it. And embrace not only the, the, the quick things, but the slow things. Folks, life is not a sprint. It is a marathon. In fact, most things in life that are worth doing are marathons. Pretty much the only thing that are sprints are sprints. But let me give you a couple of things to think about. Don't avoid God's plan. Lean into it. Lean into it knowing that God is working. Knowing that his timing is perfect. But here's a couple of other pointers. Keep moving in the right direction. Speed isn't important, but direction is. Keep growing. You take three steps and two steps back, take another step forward. You find yourself not fulfilling what you committed to do, fine, take another step forward today. Make another commitment, recommit, take another step. It's not important to get to the end because, folks, the end is to be like Jesus, and none of us are going to reach that in this lifetime. So it's not important how fast you get there. It's important that you're going in the right direction. If we start moving in the wrong direction, there's a problem. So be focused on the right direction. The other thing is this. Focus on how far you've come, not how far you have to go. Because think about this for a minute. Just, just my life. I, I became a Christian when I was 12. I'm now 56. I've been a Christian 44 years. Uh, if you compare me to Jesus, the end game... Man, I have such a long way to go still. But if you compare me to the Christian I was when I was 12, man, I've come a long way. I'm able to, to do way more things for God's kingdom than I used to be able to do, not just because of my age. Maybe you became a Christian at 20 or 30. The reality is, as we grow in our Christian life, we forget how far we've come. We forget how much God has already changed us. We always, try to we always think and focus on how much is still to go. But that can be kind of you know, discouraging. When you compare yourself to Jesus, that's a big, long gap still. Think about how far you've come, and that's really encouraging to just keep going. God's been working his plan in you, and he's still doing it, and his timing is perfect. I can look back on my life and see many times when I was, at the time, very upset that God wasn't working faster, but I see now looking back how his timing was perfect, how he was doing his thing in his time, aligning things with other people and situations to get me right where he wanted to be at just the perfect time. 
Embrace that, folks. Embrace God's plan. The second way our patience can grow is that our patience grows when we deal rightly with difficult people. Now, listen, we have to deal with difficult people every day, don't we? Everywhere we go, there's difficult people. There's difficult people at work. There's difficult people in the neighborhood. There's difficult people in your family. There's difficult people in your church. There's just difficult people all around us, aren't there? The reality is that most surveys say that one in three people is considered to be a difficult person. One in three. So everybody take a moment, look to the left, look to the right. If those aren't difficult people, guess what? It's you. It's you. The reality is, folks, there are a lot of difficult people. Remember the key verse we talked about, we looked at? When we're faced with difficulty, the real us comes out. The real us comes out. Now, I wish, I wish that all of us, I wish that there was a church uh, that kind of worked kind of like the Dr. Phil house. I wish there was a church where every week we had cameras in our homes and we could really see how all our families really were during the week. Because we come here and we put on our Sunday best, both in our, our attitude and in our behavior. But I wonder how we look on Tuesday night or Thursday morning or Saturday night. be very interesting, very, very interesting and very uh, informative, I'm sure, of what we're really like. Nothing shows who we really are like difficult people. Have you ever experienced an armrest bully on an airplane? You know what an armrest bully is? You know what they are. Listen, if you've flown, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They get in their seat before you, and whoever, by the way, if, if there's anybody here who designs airplanes, I apologize to you, but you, you got to get out more, okay? You got to, listen, they put that little tiny armrest, in, in, no matter how big the seats are, no matter how big the people are, they got an armrest that's three inches wide to share. And inevitably, uh, somebody else gets there first and gets their arm on the whole armrest. And if you think like I do, I'm sitting there going, okay, I can hardly wait until the uh, flight attendant comes and gives him his drink. Because as soon as he reaches for that drink, there goes my arm. <laughs> and now I've got the armrest. Right? Except now she's going to hand me my drink. And I have to take my arm off just for a second. And he grabs the armrest back. And we wrestle for the armrest the whole time. I don't know if that's your life. That's my life. Yeah, that just makes me crazy. I mean, it just makes me crazy. There's not room enough for both of our arms, even though I'd love to share. But it doesn't ever happen. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 29.11. It says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Hmm. A fool, an idiot, basically just lets it fly. Anytime he has a thought, anytime somebody irritates him, he just lets them have it both barrels. That's what a fool does. But somebody who's wise holds it back. They're quiet. Barbara Johnson, a best-selling author, wrote this. Patience is the ability to idle your motor when you feel like stripping your gears. I've been there before. Folks, listen. There are irritating people. I get it. I get it. Vent to God before venting to others. Because you don't damage your relationships when you vent to God. I can go into a... A field, or I can get in my car and drive around and just 
let God know, man, these people irritate me. I, you created them, and they're irritating me, God. And, da, da, da. and I just let that all out. I'm sure he just looks down at me and goes, I know, Michael, I'm, I'm growing you up. It's a hard job, but I'm trying. He can be a steam valve for us. But listen, be careful. Be careful about letting it fly because that can damage relationships to the place that they can't be repaired. And every single time I want to talk about this, men, especially men of daughters, their little spirits are very precious. You can say things out of frustration and anger that will never leave them. Be very cautious about being a fool who vents to his spirit that just lets it fly. It just takes one time for you to say, I wish you'd never been born. And that'll stick with them their whole lives. It takes one time for you to say, I'm really sorry that I ever had you. They'll never get over that, folks. We've got to be careful about letting it fly and letting our impatience get the best of our tongues. The other thing is, when other people see us lose our cool, it damages the reputation of Christ and it damages our own testimony. How can anybody who does those things and say those things really be a follower of Jesus? is what everybody will say, and it has some merit. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. He said, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Later on in this passage, he goes on to say, you know, what good does it do if you love the people who love you? Even the worst people do that. Even the worst people on the planet love people who love them. That's no big deal. But it is a big deal if you can really love the people that are difficult, if you can really love the people who are your enemies or who are the ones that really just, you know, push the buttons. So how do I deal patiently with difficult people? How do I show my patience? What's the strategy? Here it is. See people with God's vision. Use God's eyes to see who they are. You know, we usually see people through the act of one action or one situation. They act rudely in a moment, and we decide, we just define them right then as a rude and difficult and obnoxious person, don't we? What a jerk. What a jerk they are. Look what they just did. Look what, what a jerk they are. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be summed up as a human being by a moment when I act like a jerk. And neither does anybody else. You see, God, God loves us and loves them. The most difficult people in your life, God loves. He sees their potential. He sees their value. And he loves them. See, we need to see other people as Christ sees them. We need to see their value the fact that God loved them enough to send his son at Christmas to the earth to live a life on this planet and die a cruel death for their salvation, to forgive their sins. We need to see their potential to do great things for God and his kingdom. We need to see them as someone he loves. Remember that hurt people hurt people. What I mean by that is most difficult people are difficult for a reason. They're either going through a difficult time or they've had a difficult upbringing. Maybe they're in some kind of a difficult relationship. 
And I'm not making an excuse for their bad behavior, but the reality is we should be understanding and try to love them the way that God loves them. The fact is, when we begin to see people through God's eyes, our patience for them increases tenfold. You see, I think about how patient God is with me. I know God was watching this morning. When I sat in the drive-thru fuming for 13 minutes, and I see his patience for me, And that causes me to want to be patient with others. The third way that we can grow our patience is that our patience grows when we experience loss. Now, we all experience loss. And loss, listen, it always hurts, no matter what it is or how deep it is. The loss of a relationship, the loss of a dream, the loss maybe of a loved one. No other issue in life puts our character on display as does experiencing a loss. Everybody sees how we handle it. I want you to see on this point the strategy first so that we can kind of take it apart piece by piece. The strategy is this, weep, wait, and connect. Let me explain. There's this process that goes through when we experience a loss, and perhaps the greatest kind of loss is the loss of a close loved one. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. It says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep or have died, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. So I want you to see a couple things about this verse right away. First of all, it says basically that everybody grieves. Christians are going to grieve too. Listen, you can be a strong Christian family. Everybody in your family has given their life to Christ. Somebody in your family dies who's a strong Christian. You're still going to grieve. It's still going to hurt it's still going to be painful. And I know this time of year brings all that stuff to our minds. It's going to be somebody's first Christmas without somebody. It's going to be somebody's first New Year without somebody. And we're going to grieve. But folks, this verse says very clearly, it's awesome that we don't grieve like those who have no hope. I've been to funerals of people who have no hope. And I walk out just shaking my head going, how in the world do they live life? How in the world do they face this? Believing and thinking that they're just gone forever. As Christians, we have hope and eternal life for those who know Jesus. Listen, express your emotions. Talk, cry, let it out. All of that is natural and good, and God created us to do that. But know that this is only the first step of growing your patience in loss. The second part is to wait. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 27 and 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. When God repeats himself, he's trying to get through to us. He's saying, listen, be patient. It's going to take time. Nobody loses somebody close to them and has a a 30-second big cry and they're done. Nobody does that. It takes time. We're going back to God growing us through difficult experiences. We have to embrace his timing, and it just takes time. We have to be patient. But know, folks, while we're being patient, that he is working. He is working to handle our grief. He is working to, to help others minister to us. Now, some people never get past these first two stages, 
But the third stage is critical. Listen, if all you do is weep and wait, you're basically going to become a sideline human. You're going to be sitting in the, on the bleachers. You're going to be participating. You're going to be just wallowing in your grief and never get out of it. How do we get out of it then? Well, here's how. We connect. We connect with God and others. How exactly do we do that? Well, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Folks, spend time with God. Spend time with him. Connect with him. He will bring about new dreams, new opportunities, new thoughts, even new relationships that fill our lives. God doesn't want us to just uh, grieve and, and experience loss and then uh, have to wait on him and then nothing else comes. He's got a plan. He's working his plan. We have to be patient and know he's working. Don't embrace the sorrow and the devastation of the loss for the rest of your life, folks. Celebrate the new opportunities to connect with God and with others. Look at Proverbs 17, 17. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Man, we all need friends. We all need good friends. Good friends that encourage us to do right things, and good friends that, that encourage us to live for, for causes and, and reasons that are beyond who we are. You know where you find good friends like that? Right here. Right here. Now, because I gave my life to Christ early, because I've been serious about uh, that most of my life, my closest relationships are the people I have met through my local church. They are people that are like brothers and sisters to me. Uh, they are the people that I can call night and day. They are people that I can depend on and I know will love me no matter what, even more than my own flesh and blood. That's who we connect with. And that's how God will help us. Nowhere will you find better friends than you will in your church. And by the way, so not just our church, any church that's a good Bible-believing church. So the strategy for developing a patient heart when you experience loss is to weep, wait, and connect. Finally, I want, to, I want you to see today that our patience grows when we share our faith with others. When we share our faith with others. Many of us, when we share our faith, when we share the gospel, when we tell somebody that it's important for them to understand that they are sinners like all of us, that that sin separates them from God and there's nothing they can do to bridge that gap. God in his love sent his son Jesus to die for us, that by putting our faith and trust in what he did and the payment he made on the cross, that we can have forgiveness of sins and be connected to God. When we share that with people, Listen, it's natural to just want them to, man, I want you so bad to just make this immediate change. Make this decision. Give your life to Jesus. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes it doesn't. We have to be patient. I love what the Apostle Paul says here in 1 Corinthians. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. What he's saying there, folks, is listen, I planted, I shared the gospel. Apollos came on behind and he loved these people. He, he ministered to them. He, he continued to model the Christ for them. He continued to uh, support the gospel. But at the end of the day, 
Planters and waterers don't cause the growth. Only God can do that. Only God can change a human heart. Listen, I, I have... Uh, uh, I've been through stages in my life where I have begged people, I have pleaded with them, I have cried, I have from a stage uh, begged them, I have almost to the point of manipulating them to try to get them to give their lives to Jesus. And you know what I've learned? If I do that, they may make some decision, but they won't follow through with it. I gotta be faithful to, to share the gospel. I gotta be faithful to pray and to try and model. But at the end of the day, God changes people's hearts. We don't. We have to be patient. Don't get impatient, folks, praying for the people you love. God is doing his thing in other people's lives in his own time, just like he does yours. Share faithfully. This is the strategy. Share faithfully, but leave the results up to God. Do our parts. Do it often. Do it faithfully, whether we're planting or watering. But be patient to let God change the heart of a human being in his time. Don't give up on anybody. Keep praying. Keep loving them. Keep modeling Christ. Listen, there are people, there are people in this room that others of you prayed for in your community groups, in your core group, for weeks, some for months, I, I, three people just came to my mind as I just looked across the room. People were praying for you before you ever made the decision. People were planting, people were watering, but God did something in your heart. There are also people in this room who haven't yet crossed that line of faith, who haven't given their lives to Jesus. There are people that I've prayed for in my community group, in my core group, in my daily prayer time. There are people I'm praying for, people I'm ministering to, people I'm building relationships with, people I'm trying to love, people I'm trying to model to. But at the end of the day, the decision on whether or not they give their life to Jesus is between them and God. I can't change a heart, and neither can you. So be patient. Be patient. Don't lose patience. If anybody, as a child, would have been beyond God's reach, I think my mother tells many stories that I would have been that child. But God did something in my life and in my heart. Sometimes it's when you expect at least that God does his work just to show us, just to prove to us, just to kind of put it in our face. Hey, I'm here working. I'm doing my thing. Don't forget You've tried, you've begged, you've pleaded, you've done. And guess what? When you quit, when you give up, guess what I do? I show up. So let's be patient. Listen, patience is a very tough thing. I think it's tough for all of us. But today I want you to walk away and do a few things. I want you to actually embrace God's plan and his timing for your life. Don't get impatient. Wait for him. There's many times in my life that when I was going through something, I couldn't see the end. I couldn't see what was going to happen. I couldn't see how God was going to get me out of it. But when I'm on the other side, I look back and I go, wow, look at him. Look what he was doing the whole time. That's awesome. So embrace God's plan. See difficult people through God's eyes with God's vision. Love them. See their potential in Christ. 
When you go through a loss, when you experience a loss, weep, wait, and connect with God and others. He'll get you through that. He'll help you be patient through that. And then finally, share your faith. Do it all the time to everyone you meet, but leave the results to God. Be faithful at doing what he's asked us to do. But at the end of the day, let God do his thing. Stay in your lane. I like, I like to stay in my lane. I'm going to do what God has asked me to do, and I'm going to stay out of his lane. Let him do the things he needs to do, and I'm going to do the things he's asked me to do. Folks, if we do these things, this will help us develop a patient heart. It'll be two sizes bigger, and it'll keep us from being a Grinch, not only now, but all year long, because we'll have this patience that we approach every situation with. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit that guides us and leads us. Father, we thank you most of all for your son Jesus who came and died for us. God, grow patience in us. Help us to become more patient. Help us to to trust your plan when we don't see how things are going to work out, when it doesn't make any sense to us. Help us to trust you and to trust your timing being patient to wait on you. God, when we uh, connect with difficult people, help us see them the way you see them. Help us to not see them through a moment in time when they may say or do something that irritates us, but help us to see them as someone with value, someone with potential, someone whom you love. God, help us as we go through loss and as we experience loss to weep, wait, and connect with you and with others that will help us grow in patience even through those difficult times. And then finally, Lord, help us to share our faith. Help us to uh, uh, be good planters. Help us be good waterers. But God, help us to stay out of your way and let you do what you want to do in people's hearts. For those who are in this room who haven't yet crossed over the line of faith, God, I pray that right now you would work in their heart, that you would do what only you can do. Father, develop you, that we might be a good reflection of you, that people would see you in us, that you would just come out of our hearts because you are so prevalent in there. We love you. We thank you for the way you've worked in our lives, looking back and seeing all the wonderful things you've done. Uh, Help us to trust you for the future. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.